WHHHFM Speedway W286 year Available on HD Go Drop in It's the moment y'all been waiting for Broadcasting from the Isaac and Isaacs WeWin.com Injury Lawyer Studio It's the show where Indy comes to top Open lines with Indy's newsman Cameron Riddle one, one, two, two, three, three. Hold up Good morning to you, Indianapolis. I am Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle, coming to you live from the Hot 100.9 and 106.7 WTLC Studios on this Sunday, December 1st, 2022. It is first Sunday of the last month of the year. We are here. We'll start the show off this morning with some big news. Um, If elected, let let me back up. This election for mayor has already been historic. Uh, And one of the reasons why is because of State Representative Robin Shackelford throwing her hat in the ring. If elected, she would be the first woman and first black person to be mayor of Indianapolis. She joins us on the show this morning for her first interview as a mayoral candidate. We've talked to her on the show before in her capacity as state representative and as the chair of the Indiana Black Legislative Caucus. But today, we're going to get a chance to talk to her. And when I say we, I mean that includes you. We're going to talk with her about why it is she wants to be mayor and why she thinks she'll be the best fit to be mayor and the person who can beat the incumbent, Joe Hogsett. She's facing three other people on the Democratic side, including Greg Merriweather, Mayor Joe Hogsett, and then on the Republican side, Pastor James Jackson has thrown his hat in the ring. So we'll be talking with Representative Robin Shackelford coming up here in moments. Uh, She will be our first mayoral candidate to come on the show was now the beginning of the next election season for 2023. Then a little bit after 8.30, Martin University uh, is trying to help you get your COVID boosters and your COVID shots. And in fact, they've also now opened up a pop-up clinic that will give you an additional $50 just for going to get your booster shot. Uh, You guys have seen it. Folks are out there still sick. Uh, They may have this RSV. The governor was just in the hospital with pneumonia. He thought it was the flu. The governor is okay this morning and is back at home. And then folks are still out here getting COVID. So all of this stuff is still out there. But it's one of the reasons why Martin University is encouraging you to go get your uh, shot. And they're going to give you $50 if you do it. We'll have all the details on when and where that is. It's happening this week. We'll talk about that coming up uh, a little bit after 8.30. We start the show this morning off with a couple of thank yous to everybody uh, for all of your support. I was up late last night. I feel like I just, no, I did just get out of bed. I feel like I just got into it. I was anchoring the CBS 4 11 o'clock news last night, which started at about 11.20 because of football that ran over. So I want to say thank you for all of your support uh, because I know a lot of Uh, You listeners were watching because I got messages from you. Also, yesterday was a long day, not only because I was up late anchoring the 11 o'clock news, but because the day started early. Uh, Two weeks ago, uh, we talked about the media access workshop, which was something that I was a part of with the Indianapolis Association of Black Journalists, uh, trying to give you tips on how to uh, get connected with the media, get your story out there and how to conduct an interview. We had several panels, among the one that I participated in. I was the moderator um, 
of a panel with Alexis Rogers from Wish TV, Oshia Boyd from the Indianapolis Star, and Felicia Lawrence from Channel 13. Uh, and so many of the people who were in attendance were listeners of this show. So it was good to meet uh, a lot of you, Kim, uh, Donna, Bob, um, among others. There, there were literally a lot of people who heard about the event on this show and then signed up to come to the Media Access Workshop. And it was good to talk to as many of you as I did. Uh, and I know that there were several others um, who were there who we only got to talk briefly. But um, nevertheless, not only thank you for coming out to the Media Access Workshop, but uh, many of you told me you listen to the show every Sunday on your way to work or coming home from work or uh, on your way to church, whatever it is. Uh, and I just want to say thank you. And it was good to meet so many of you um, in person. All right. With that said, Robin Shackelford, many of you know her as the state representative. Um, she has been in politics at the state house on one side of Market Street for 10 years. She was elected in 2012 as the House District 98 representative. She serves as the ranking majority member of the Public Health Committee. She also is on the Courts and Criminal Code Committee and the Financial Institutions and Insurance Committee. Shackelford is also the chair, as we said earlier, of the Indiana Black Legislative Caucus. Um, she joins us on our live line this morning as she now begins her candidacy uh, for mayor of Indianapolis. So trying to move from the west side of Market Street to the east side of Market Street. And this morning, she joins us right now, Representative Shackelford. Good morning. Good morning, Cameron. Thanks for having me. Thank you for, for coming on. Congratulations uh, on your candidacy already. This is no doubt um, historic. Uh, the way this race is shaping up, there could be uh, a lot of historic things um, that happen. Uh, and so, obviously, if you are elected, uh, you you alone will, will bring some history, but Let's first start with why is it you even want to be uh, mayor of Indianapolis? I had said during the pandemic that probably the worst job to have was <laughs> mayor um, because you had to shut everything down and you were trying to keep people safe. And it, it I had covered Joe Hogsett during that time. And I was like, that is a job that I would pass up any day right now. But that's the job you want. Why mm -hmm. is that? So I will say that people have been asking me to run for mayor for years, and I've been happy where I am as a state legislator. Um, I'm happy with the impact I've made, but recently I just started to think about how can I make a larger impact on the city. Uh, as a legislator, I only represent a portion of the city, but as mayor, I will be able to represent the whole city and be able to implement some of those ideas that I couldn't get past at the state house and bring them to our city. And I just want to say, excuse me for my voice. I've been traveling. So um, I got a little um, congestion in my voice. Likewise. It's all right. <laughs> so, uh, you, you know, you said you, you represent a, a portion of, of Indianapolis and uh, there seems to be a lot of people who go to the state house and they particularly try to pick on Indianapolis. And by people, I mean the, the legislators. They like to try and legislate and control Indianapolis uh, from the state house. Uh, has that at all 
weighed on you on on one what you're going to be facing against the people that you're working with you're still going to end up working with them and battling them in a lot of cases um did that make you want to run and 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 two are you prepared for having to also deal with that other dynamic so i think being a legislator for the past 10 years give me an advantage i've already had to work and collaborate uh, with the legislators at the general assembly they do tend to, um, I would say, not favor Marion County because they believe that Marion County uh, sucks up all the resources that they think that they should be able to have. But with that experience, I think I would still be able to collaborate and talk to these legislators even better since they know I've been one of them before. We've heard of um, Mayor Joe Hogshead recently, some of his big campaign um things are um, his investment in downtown, which um, is is one of the lifeblood centers, the heartbeat of this city and of this county, trying to bring more um, conventions and events and building more buildings and hotels and just trying to make sure that that place is pumping and jumping because that has been one of the places um, that he's gotten the most criticism about that's hurt because of the pandemic. Um, you're taking a different approach on uh, on some of the things that are going to be things that you target. I know downtown is part of that, but overall your approach sounds much different. Explain that for us. So I do believe that we have to protect downtown and also develop uh, downtown and get it back to where it was pre-pandemic. But at the same time, we got to balance and broaden our economic growth to all parts of the city. Because there has been so much of a heavy focus on downtown, our suburban areas have been neglected. And so we have to refocus and make sure that the east side, the west side, south and north is taken care of and make sure that they're also developing. Um, one of the things you've also talked about is crime and protecting the city. Where do you stand on that? So one of the things I do think we need to focus on is looking at the root causes of crime. Um, I think we've looked at a lot on the law enforcement side, which looks at, okay, if something has happened, now we're going to try to take care of this issue because they're enforcing the law. We haven't focused more on the preventative side, on those things like poverty, mental health, drug addictions, and the gangs. So we have to look at the root causes. And then at the same time, we have to improve gun safety and violence because that gun safety is also a big hindrance on um, impacting homicides and crime in our city. So if you had to pick one thing that was the main theme that people are going to walk away about what uh, Robin Shackelford as mayor is going to be, what would you say that is? I would say um, public safety will be my number one issue but my main thing is making sure that our city is diverse, that we're more equitable, where we're giving out resources, and that we're inclusive. Like everyone should be able to rise, all neighborhoods, all families. That is the main thing that I'm focusing on is that equitability. Now, you said uh, that, that people have asked you to run for mayor for years. Why is that? I believe it's because they've seen what I've been doing at the state house. Uh, they see I came in, I listened, I 
made things happen. I got bills passed. So as you're seeing an effective leader at the state house, people are like, okay, we need that leadership at the city and have been asking me to run due to my experience and what they see me doing at the state house. Now, um, I, I can't I can't remember um, if if you don't uh, go to the I can't remember the way the thing, the timeline's going to line up. But if you don't move on to the mayor's office, what will politics be for you? Will you still continue to serve as uh, a state representative? Yes, I will still continue to serve as a state representative. I see it as either way, I will still be in public office. I'm not moving to a corporate office. It's just going to be at one level of government to another level. And if I don't get to be mayor, then I will still be serving the east side of Indianapolis. Uh, We're going to take some phone calls here in a second so that you can talk with uh, Representative Robin Shackelford, who wants to be mayor of Indianapolis. You can start calling us at 317-239-1009, 317-239-1009. That's our new number here. Uh, at the station. Um, Representative Shackelford, you are up against uh, an incumbent mayor and an, and this is a hard word for me to say, apparently, and an (laughs) incumbent candidate of any type um, is usually, um, is hard to uh, battle with uh, because they have the advantage of, uh, of name recognition. You have that as well. Um, but at a different level. But they also have, um, they clearly have the party support because they were the previous nominee. Um, they, in Joe Hogsett's case, as with most mayors and incumbents, they've got a lot of money, a lot of financial money. Uh, this would be Joe Hogsett's third term in office. Are you um, confident that you'll be able to stack up financially against all that campaign money? So, Cameron, I'll say the first thing is, I got in a race so I can make sure that the people have choice. Uh, If we're going to be a proven democracy, we do need to offer people choice when it comes to these elections. As far as the money, I've been fundraising aggressively. I have a vast network, um, whether it's nationally or locally. And we also got to remember that money is not the sole determinant for an election. Mm -hmm. You have to get the votes. You have to have that grassroots support. So that is where I'm going to win at, in that grassroots support. Uh, When I'm out listening uh, to residents, many are frustrated. Many feel like their voices haven't been heard. So I'm not only here to listen, but I'm here to take action. Now, in this primary that is happening, I mean, this is going to come quicker than it seems like, but in the May primary, you'll be facing off against uh, Mayor Joe Hogsett and Greg Merriweather. Merriweather is a CEO of his own consulting firm, um, and he's also uh, been a strategist for IMPD previously from 2019 to 2020. Um, but you were the one uh, representative who launched a challenge to um, Joe Hogsett, and we had heard people who wanted or and still probably want to run for mayor, but they didn't want to officially launch a challenge. You were the first person to say, well, I'm going to do it. Why did you do that? And how difficult was that? Was that difficult? So it was a little difficult. I will say that I did sit down with the mayor first, had a conversation with him, and let him know I was interested in running um, because I felt that was a professional mm-hmm. and respectful way to do it. Um 
But because people have been urging me to run, because there's been so many problems that I see in our city, and I see these two different cities developing, one between the haves and the have-nots. So in order to help fill those resources and those gaps, it was something that I felt that I was pushed to do, that an urgency that I needed to make these changes. What was the, the mayor's response when you told him that you were interested in running? You know, he was very cordial. So we had a great conversation. We sat down. We talked for about an hour or so, had coffee. Uh, we talked about the party and the future of the party. At that time, um, the current chair had not stepped down, and he let me know that she would be stepping down mm-hmm. that following week. And we talked about what it would look like, what the party would look like with or without slating. So we just started to go into and just talk about politics and what the field basically would look like. 317-239-1009. We are on the air this morning with Representative Robin Shackelford, who has now launched her campaign uh, to be mayor of Indianapolis. And she joins us for her first uh, live interview here on Open Lines as a candidate uh, for mayor of Indianapolis. 317-239-1009. 317-239-1009. As always, on this show, you... The listener gets a chance to get on the air and ask your question directly to the person who, in this case, may be already representing you uh, if you're in District 98, but also the person who wants to represent everybody in Marion County. So let's go to the phones and talk to you, get some of your questions. As always, we'll be respectful to everybody who's on the air, and that conversation and respect should go both ways. Uh, caller on line two. Good morning. Who's this? Uh, how you doing, Robin and uh Cameron. Good morning, hey, you know, everybody wants to uh, touch on the issues that uh, may there may be something you can do about it, but there's nothing you're going to be able to do about poverty. The real issue that is facing this city, Cameron and Robin, is the over issuance of bonds. Four exceeded the two percent limit on the assessed value of property within this city with their issuance of municipal bonds to all uh, these projects which I feel like is a liability to this city. And they're using COVID money to uh, to fill these uh, uh, apartments. Uh, they, they give 12, 12 months free rent to these people that are moving in these apartments. That's why they fill them up. And then what they do is they actually sell the property. So let me so, ask you this, Larry. Uh, 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 gonna... Hang on, Larry. You you We know you vote, uh, at least in the last election, you voted uh, Republican. Uh, but also in... Mayor Hogsett's time in office, you've been uh, critical. Who has your vote right now? Both sides are doing it. I'm going to go ahead and vote for Joe because he's more uh, plugged into what's actually going on to this city, which is a pathway to uh, receivership. Uh, When Mitch Daniels, I think, uh, was, was in charge, he had it set up in the state of Indiana where any city, if they were uh, uh, defaulting on their bond debts and could not pay their dividends, well, in that case, the governor can report support, uh, uh, appoint a receiver to liquidate that city. So that's get, what's getting ready to happen to uh, the city of Indianapolis. Mitch Daniel has, in fact, stepped down at Purdue so he can come back and reap the benefits. All these apartments and stuff they're building, all of them are backed up by a municipal right. bond debt. 
and uh, we're not going to be able to sustain it. So, Robin, I think you maybe have a, uh, some kind of an idea of what you want to do, but you've been in the uh, ma- minority in the state legislature for your uh, complete administration. So we know what happens to the minority in the legislature. Uh, they get nothing. So uh, I just think that we need to be awful careful in this city that we're allowing, and, and also, Cameron, the proliferation of alcoholism. Alcoholism is a dangerous disease. All right, Larry, we are I gotta proliferating go. that in every way. I'm sorry, going off course. All but right. Robin, I think that you got. Uh, I don't. I, I would. I wouldn't even try to get be the mayor of Indianapolis now because it's on the brink of debunction. All right, thank you, Larry. All right, three one seven two three nine one zero zero nine. Caller on line three. Good morning. Who's this? Hi, good morning, Representative Shackford, Cameron, brother Motep here, and uh, good morning. Taking my call. I'll be brief. Um, travel a lot of places. Travel a lot of places around the world and around this country. And as I did a quick synopsis, it's still a shock to me that the city of Indianapolis has never had a black mayor, male or female. Cincinnati, Cleveland, Buff- I mean, Baltimore, Buffalo, Atlanta, just had Karen Bass in L.A., which they've had black mayors, New York, uh, you can name it. I mean, no, even Miami has it with this. Large Cuban, I think they. Uh, so, and I'm not saying that's the only qualifier. I'm saying that you know, white folks play the same game. We got Jerry Jones screaming and running right now with things that happened back then, trying to say, well, this and this and that and that. He's never hired a black. Well, Motep, right now, all of the candidates outside of Joe Hogsett are black. You've got Greg right. Merriweather, James Jackson on the Republican side, and Robin uh, Shackelford. So, what do you think of that? I like that. I'm going. It's going to be very interesting. The one thing about on Miss um, Shackelford and Meriwether's side is that they don't have to worry about um, the pull from uh, brother uh, from a Pastor Jackson because he's on the Republican side. And as we know, black women definitely don't vote Republican. And even in the uh, Herschel Walker, Stacey Abrams, uh, Kemp election down there, I think 85 percent of the black men voted. For, uh, for Stacey Abrams, which is a uh, lie being told uh, around here that black men didn't vote for it. That wasn't the case. So, but I want to see new ideas. Wasn't the case I want to see all. fresh ideas. I want to see that we have a Big Ten title. Larry didn't mention this. We had a Big Ten championship over the weekend. Where are those dollars going? Where are those dollars going? We had a, a, a national championship last year, which I was there. And I'm going to tell you something, Ms. Shackford. Out of all those people there from Georgia and Alabama at that game, it was very few black people in there. And it was very few of our young people to get to experience something like that on the collegiate level. We have got to bridge. I, I agree with Larry. we got to bridge this corporate money, this city money coming in here, and the, the money that gets out to the neighborhoods. There is a real well, issue. Well, you're, talk, you're talking about two different things, and I'm, I'm curious. No, no, I was just throwing that in. I'm sorry. Okay. No, well, no, I'm, I'm curious. I mean, you say on one hand, you're not seeing uh, black people in the stands, which that's an issue of who decided to go to the game. But then on the no, it's cost. It's a money issue. It's money. Okay. My cousin plays. My cousin. Well, the, but that's what I'm money. trying to get you to get at. What yeah. What are you mm-hmm. saying? Well, I'm saying that that there are issues with the economics here. I don't know all the mm-hmm. details of the bonds and stuff like that, but I do know that if we talked about seventy thousand people here yesterday, I drove through downtown last night, and they all this money was coming in then it shouldn't just still going to a certain group of people. You have got to be bold. You have got to go against the grain. You can't be like Joe Hawk said, who's going to continue to go with the grain. 
hope you go against the grain, like uh, the mayor of Chicago has done with the corporate community there and have went against the grain and made them uh, responsible to helping the schools. The schools are not just responsible for the tax, for property taxpayers. The corporate the corporate community has a responsibility in helping and keeping the schools going too. So there's a number of issues, but at least I would like this. I'm glad to see what I'm seeing. And please do not do business as usual. That's why Indianapolis in the situation is in right now. Thank mm-hmm. you for taking my call. All right, thank you, sir. I'm trying to blow through some calls because uh, Robin Shackelford is traveling this morning, and we've got limited time. So let me uh, go to caller on line one. Good morning. You're live on open lines. Turn your radio down for me. Who's this? Now, Cameron, am I going to have time to address these questions? Uh, well, let's see. Turn your radio down for me first. Because it is your turn to go. Can you hear me? Hello? Hello? All right, we're going to come back. All right, caller on line two. Good morning. Who's this? Hello? Hello, you're live on the air. Oh, thank you so much. This is Renee. I was calling in to say I 100% support Robin Shackelford. I appreciate everything that you're attempting to do. One of the things that does absolutely have to be addressed, I believe, also is um, the crime and the drug abuse because our families are not putting um, certain pharmaceuticals on the, on the street, fentanyl as a number one. Those things need to be addressed because these are highly addictive drugs. And when people are on these medications and different things, they're not in their right frame of mind. So I I agree 100% with Ms. Shackelford making an effort to, to, to do something about crime, but to do something in the right way and address the real issue. So I appreciate you, and thank you so much for running. Thank you, you definitely have my vote. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right, one final call before we go because we're out of time. Caller on line one. Good morning. Who's this? All right. We're going to have to skip that person because they're not listening to their phone. Listen to the radio, which is on a little bit of a delay. Um, Representative Robin Shackelford, this won't be the last time um, that we talk, but what does the, the campaign start to look like for you you're doing your beginning interviews where are people going to see you next on the campaign trail so as we go into december i'll be a lot of holiday events Uh, people have been inviting me uh, to their different events that's taking place in december and my goal is just to get out in the community talk about my campaign talk about my vision as much as possible um, we have already built out my website where people can go and get information at Robin, the number four indie.com. And you will see us out in the streets knocking on doors. We will not be afraid of the winter. So once we get our material together, that is all coming together. You will see us out there actually um, dropping literature and knocking on doors. And uh, how can people get in touch with you? Do you have your, your website up and all of that? How's that? What's that look like? So the website is up and running. You can go to my website at Robin, the number four, Indy.com. There you can learn more about my background, my platform. You can volunteer and you can definitely donate. And your day job is you're an insurance broker, right? Yes, health and life insurance. 
All right. Um, as we continue uh, to move forward, I do hope that you'll come back and, and chat with us, um, especially as we get uh, closer um, to May. What finally um, do you want people to take away uh, from you, from 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 your conversation here, and why should they continue to uh, look at you, give you a, give you a, a chance, go to your website and and see if you are indeed uh, the best choice out of the primary candidates? So I will say, if you're looking for change, if you know that change needs to take place in our city, and you're looking for a candidate who's not going to do things as usual, who's going to be bold and make those changes and be very vocal, then I am the candidate that you're looking for for mayor. I want to let people know not to fear that we have to take these bold steps if we're going to see change in our city. And that change is what I'm trying to bring and will bring to the city of Indianapolis. And I appreciate their support. All right. Representative Robin Shackelford making her first debut here on Open Lines as a candidate for mayor uh, for Indianapolis. If elected, she would be the first woman and first black person to serve as the mayor of Indianapolis and Marion County. Uh, Representative Shackelford, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Cameron. You have a good day. You as well. Uh, and I hope you feel uh, better because you got a lot of talking that you got to do. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Still to come here on the show. Uh, the COVID-19 pandemic has changed, but COVID has not gone away. The flu has not gone away. And now there's this thing out there called RSV. So uh, those are part of the reasons why Martin University wants you uh, to get your COVID booster. Uh, and they are setting up a pop-up clinic this week that will also give you $50 if you go do that. We'll give you the details on how it is you can protect yourself from all of this nasty stuff that seems to be going around. People are disappearing from work for a couple of days saying, they oh, I had a little cough, didn't feel good. Yeah, you had a little something more than a cough, and we don't want it. Uh, the details on how you can get protected coming up. And then we'll have some more open lines before the show ends. You're listening to Open Lines with Cameron Riddle on Hot 100.9 and 106.7 WTLC. is Indy's favorite Sunday morning show. It's the show that brings you news about what's happening in Indy and around the world with Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle. It's the show where Indy comes to talk. It's Open Lines with Cameron Riddle. here on Open Lines on Hot 100.9 and 106.7 WTLC. I'm Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle, on this Sunday, the fourth, first Sunday of the last month of the year 2022. Almost uh, a thing of the past. You know what I found out? Christmas lights are terrible. I buy Christmas lights every year 
and then I go plug them up next year when I take them out of the closet, they don't work. I suppose that's why they're only like four or five dollars a box. So that's what's on the agenda uh, for today. Uh, as we get ready for the holidays, I love it. I hate putting up the lights, but it is something that makes me happy. And so also what makes me happy is being safe and protected from all of this nastiness that is out there uh, with people coughing, uh, people sneezing, people saying they got a little cold, they got something in their chest, so I wasn't feeling too good, uh, calling out sick. Um, yeah, I'm good off of all of that. No, thank you. Um, none of that sounds fun. Um, and I just started at, uh, you know, Fox 59 and CBS 4. So a brother don't even have any sick time. So I, I can't afford uh, to get sick. So that is why I am also considering uh, getting uh, my next uh, COVID booster shot. If it is uh, time for me to do that, because as you guys know, as I've shared here on the show, uh, when it was that when we were in that era of life, I was getting uh, the COVID shots and, the, and I got the booster. I'm going to probably do. And so a good opportunity for me and you, if you so choose, to get a COVID booster shot would be to go visit Martin University uh, this week. Marva Hunt is the director of student and alumni engagement at Martin University. She joins us on our live line right now with the details of a pop-up clinic that will also give you $50 if you get your booster. Marva, good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much. You? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much for uh, coming on the show here this morning. Uh, tell us what you guys are up to at Martin. So what we are planning for tomorrow is a free COVID booster and flu vaccine pop-up clinic. We'll have COVID boost boosters for children ages six months and older, which is um, really a, a rarity at these pop-up clinics. They, they don't often have vaccines for children, so we're extremely happy to be able to offer that protection to infants starting at six months. And um, then we also have the higher dose COVID vaccine for elderly ages 65 and over. Um, and anyone who gets the COVID booster will receive that $50 incentive, but they can also get protection from the flu. We're offering the flu vaccine, um, and the Marion County Health Department will be there offering free um, COVID home test kits and sanitizer and masks, everything that we need to stay safe this holiday season. The pop-up clinic is going to take place tomorrow, actually, from 4.30 until 7.30 there at Martin University. Tell us on the campus where folks can find this clinic. The clinic will be held in the Father Harden Gavitorium. So that's our big auditorium um, right off of the main entrance at the school. We're easy to find. We have free parking. So no excuse for everyone not to come out and get protected against COVID and the flu this season. Marva, folks would say that the uh, COVID-19 pandemic is over and that COVID is a thing of the past and we're all safe. Uh, Martin University must uh, say no, you're seeing something different. Yes, we know very differently. Um, we have been watching the numbers and COVID is not gone by far. Um, unfortunately, people are still dying from COVID. And at this time of year, with the other things that are also 
um, that we're also being exposed to RSV and the flu. Um, we're just trying to make sure that our community has all the protection that they need to stay safe, to be able to stay home, and to be able to celebrate with family and friends. Um, now, you've got all the resources uh, to say to stay safe from COVID, but you're also giving away a $50 gift card for folks who show up. Why did you feel the need to do that? Well, it was twofold. Um, I mean, we want we wanted to provide an incentive, some encouragement for people to come, but also realizing that this time of year, um, it's a it's a difficult time for a lot of people, and we can all use some help. And fifty dollars to come out and get your COVID booster, um, we felt was a win win. Um, we feel we will feel happy to know that people are getting protected. They'll walk away with that protection, but also um, with $50, a $50 gift card to go and do whatever they choose. And that gift card is per person that gets the COVID oh, booster. Not per so, card. Yeah, so if you're in a family of four and all four people come and get their COVID booster, each person gets the $50 gift card. And okay. And this is available to the first 200 people to come and get the COVID booster. So it's only for the first 200, but that's a lot of people who will be protected in the community. That is, and that's more than I walked away with when I got the last COVID booster and the first two COVID shots. I walked away uh, with no cash in hand, so that's all right. Yeah. You and I both, Cameron, like I was a, a bit upset I, that I didn't wait until the clinic, but I didn't know about it, of course. Um, but, yes, it is an opportunity for, again, to get the whole family protected, to know that you can be with family and friends on the holidays and don't have to worry about spreading those germs. Um, and you can bring something a little extra to the holiday party after you've gotten your $50 gift card. Now, do you will you guys have all of the the different um, manufacturers of the um, vaccine? So, like, if I if I have Pfizer before, can I get a Pfizer booster there? We will be offering just the Pfizer booster, okay? Um, but it it is interchangeable with the other manufacturers if you had a, the Moderna before. Um, so the we are just doing Pfizer. Um, but we are uh, also asking people, the only thing they need to bring is their COVID um, booster card so that we can update it and so that we can know that this is the booster. The, we are just offering the booster, not the initial COVID vaccine. Um, so this is for people who have gotten the initial vaccine and are ready to receive their booster. All right. I might have to come uh, visit you guys uh, tomorrow because I am around a lot of people. Uh, and thus far, knock on wood that I know of, I have not uh, had COVID. I've not been sick of, of anything in some time. Again, knock on wood. Uh, yes. So I may have to come by. The details on this tomorrow, again, are 4.30 p.m. until 7.30 p.m. at Martin yes. University. And tell us where again on campus. Martin University, we will be in the Martin University Gavatorium, and the university is located at 2186 North Sherman Drive. That's 21st and Sherman on the near east side, and you said the only thing that people need to bring is their uh, their 
COVID vaccine card? Yes, because we, we do want to update that with their booster information. And then lastly, tell us one more time who uh, can get uh, the boosters. Anyone six months and older can get the booster. All right. Martin University serving the community. Uh, we thank you so much, uh, Marva, for coming on. Marva Hunt, uh, the Director of Student and Alumni Engagement at Martin University, ahead of their pop-up COVID-19 booster clinic. It is tomorrow, 4.30 p.m. until 7.30 p.m. The first 200 people who get in line will get a free uh, $50 uh, gift card. And Marva, I guess before I let you go, if you only have uh, cards for uh, the first 200 people, how many boosters do you have? We we do have more than 200 boosters. Okay. Um, but we do want, just wanted to make sure that, that people understood that it is the incentive is for the first 200, the $50 incentive, but the true incentive um, is for everyone, and that's for the protection. That's right. All right, Marva Hunt, thank you so much for calling into the show this morning. We thank you and thank uh, Martin University for what you guys are doing uh, for the community. You have a great Sunday. Thank you for having me, Cameron. You have a great day, too. Absolutely. Thank you so much. All right, still to come here on the show this morning, let's open the phone lines up, 317-239-1009, 317-239-1009. We'll have about 15 minutes when we come back from break. Brandon, we'll take a quick three-minute, and uh, we'll talk with you. Uh, thanks again, everybody, who we saw yesterday at the Media Access Workshop. We'll do a couple of shout-outs to you guys on the other side of this break. More of Open Lines with Cameron Riddle here on Hot. 100.9 and 106.7 WTLC is coming up. And we are back here on Open Lines on 106.7 WTLC and Hot 100.9. Let's open the phone lines up for the last 10 minutes of the show. 317-239-1009. 317-239-1009. The phone lines are now open. I just cleared them, so call me. Let's talk for this last 10 minutes about what's on your mind, what's happening on your street, something you want us to know. 317-239-1009. Shout out to everybody who showed up to the Media Access Workshop yesterday um, at IUPUI. Uh, that was the event that I was part of with the Indianapolis Association of Black Journalists uh, to give you uh, access to the media and tell you how to get connected with uh, local reporters and newsrooms and writers and um, once you do it, how to do an interview. I had a great panel that I was the moderator of um, with Felicia Lawrence from Channel 13 and Alexis Rogers from Channel 8 and Oshia Boyd from the Indianapolis uh, Star. Saw lots of you out there um, who were listening to the show and it was good to talk and, and meet you in person. Uh, Bob, Kim, Donna, 
Uh, there were a number of others. I didn't write everybody's name down, so I won't keep saying names because I don't want to forget somebody. But it was good to have your guys' uh, support out there for a great event. Uh, open lines now, 317-239-1009. 317-239-1009. Let's go to the phones. Caller on line one. Good morning. Who's this? Hello? This is K-Mac. Hey, good morning. You're live K-Mac. on the air. All right. I was calling uh, when you were talking earlier to Robin Shackleford, right uh-huh. from there, when she was talking about the money they're putting downtown, I was thinking about the gentrification that's going on right around the area, like with the I-70, mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. there at, at College and all that, yep. 16th Street, yep. which ran me in the 26th. That's where I went to school. And I keep having nightmares about when I come in that school and it's not going to be that school again. You know what I mean? Right. Yep. Like, I could see how they doing school 56. Mm-hmm. The neighborhood yeah. is not looking like yeah. the neighborhood you know. One, one, thing I want, uh, one thing I wanted to bring up was uh, the fact that, like, about a month ago, maybe two months ago now, when uh, they got a lot of federal money from to the city, from mm-hmm. the state, or via the federal, and he put, like, to me, an astronomical number toward the police, mm-hmm. giving them more money. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, like, you know, this is part of the problem. Like the police, to me, basically, is uh, the clan with the old keepers and all the army and all them tied together. It's like you running martial law. It's mm-hmm. not, you're not protecting. Them. You're definitely not protecting me. That's for sure. Yeah, and you but, know, yeah, I wonder, I wonder how much she, how much, what would her plan have been for that money? If I could remember the date and the, and the actual, I don't, but she should know. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah. Like, I wonder what her plan, when you ever have her back on, what asked her what she would have done, how would she have allocated that was for her? That's a good I question, really and I'm literally going to write write it down. Um, that is a good question. Only so much time to, to talk to her about, but all these police departments are asking for more money, and so how do you deal with that? Excellent question. Thank you so much. Thanks, Cameron K Mac. Hey, you as well. Uh, have a good day, K Mac. 317-239-1009-317-2 What's the phone number? 317-239-1009. 317-239-1009. Caller on line two. Good morning. Who's this? Hello? Hello? Is it me? Okay. I'm gonna I think my head, I don't know if my headphones are going out or if there's something going on. All right. Uh, caller on line three. Let's try three. Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. All right. Well, I thought I, I was the person you were just trying to reach then. It might so I'm have been. Glad that, well, I'm sad they didn't get to say anything, but I'm glad it opened for me. I wanted to say I was in two locations yesterday morning. One stop definitely was over there with you. That program was excellent. So for all the people, when you got, I sat next to a young lady who said she had heard you tell everybody about coming over on your show. So thank you for doing that. It was an excellent program. And all the people that missed that opportunity to grow and learn, I'm sad for you because the information was exquisite. Thank you so much. You didn't say who this was. Uh, at the when you did. The, no, no, no. Uh, you didn't say who you were. Oh, I'm sorry. This is Nyla. Hi, Nyla. Good morning. 
good morning to you. But just it was a very good, well, well put together program. Any questions that you needed to have about how to get media coverage, how to, you, you guys just did it and you did it well. So kudos to all the people that showed up and showed out yesterday because it was excellent. Thank you so much. I wanted much. to talk about today uh, a couple of things. When, when we keep talking about uh, funding coming into the city, mm-hmm. we can't overlook the big money that the, we, they were sent with the ESSER money for the uh, public schools and the, that the schools were sent out. And we're facing this $810 million that the superintendent and the board are saying they're going to need us for this Build Back Stronger. We cannot overlook. Yeah, for IPS. Uh, We cannot overlook Pike Stand on the charters coming out there. They showed up big and they showed up well and they said, we don't need you out here. So I think they understand you keep inviting charter in. The more they're invited in, the more the district goes down. We We have little left for IPS. And you're talking about increasing our taxes. So we're asking the listeners, please get together start coming to these meetings and saying we're not going for it again. If anybody paid attention to this recent thing, they were saying they were planning to give money to this uh, charters, the ones that are in the IPS district. Mm -hmm. Now all the other charters have jumped on board and said, we want some of the money too. The danger is we have done so well in making sure the charters are taken care of. And a perfect example, go over to, uh, go over to Manual High School where they put a daycare in Manual. Crystal House is over Manual, which means it's under Bart Peterson, the former mayor. He is making over almost over half a million in his position uh, of dealing with the charter over there with Crystal House's thing. And IPS is supporting that. Our tax dollars are going to that. And then you can go over to Addicts, our, our, our historical addicts and look at that field and go, hey, wait a minute, what's going on? Why is Manuel looking all immaculate over here? And we're sitting right here in the city. And then you're talking about we're going to give them some money now. Well, you've been taking care of that charter over there all that time. And now you want to give us some crumbs and try to say, now we're going to do something for addicts. No, what you're doing is a bait and switch is what's going on. And then the sad part is you caught the recent uh, uh, news articles they're saying now the charters that we have been taking care of are planning to align themselves with the independent charters that are not under IPS and say you need to give us all the you need to give us all money the ones that are not under uh, IPS mm-hmm. and the ones that are under IPS so we have said that we have said that tiger and now that tiger and got out on the cage and about to destroy us well you're so right they, on that you are accurate on that last article the the charter schools are starting to lobby uh, across yes. the state, not just for IPS, but they say if uh, let's 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 not pick on IPS. Let's say somebody opens up a uh, a charter school in the Carmel School District. Those charter schools are getting together and say, "Hey, uh, Carmel, we should get some of your some of the tax dollars that go to you. We should get it because we're serving the same area." And so, as you can imagine, uh, the the public school districts of the state of Indiana are not going to be happy about this one. Nyla, thank you so much, and we're going to stay on top of well, this one between you, now and then. Camera. I'm picking on IPS. We had the superintendent, 13 uh, House Bill 1310. No, I get it. I get it. We're gonna we're, we're gonna talk some more. Minutes. I just was saying so, let's not. Yeah. I was just saying I, let's I, not I'm pick on IPS because people get people think when they.
they hear IPS, it doesn't affect them. But what you're saying literally affects everybody. So that's why I always pick something oh, different. Oh, absolutely. have to say, because everybody else went to sleep on it when it was at, when it was IPS. Yep. But when they came out to Pike, Pike said, mm, we're not playing that. And that's what we better start doing, because there's not much left the way they're chiseling away the IPS district. Many of us have graduated, myself included, from IPS schools, and I'm, I'm just not happy with the way this chipping away. So the other districts are waking up. But we need to we need to wake up and stand up and speak up. So have a good one and thank you for the allowing me to talk today. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. And thank you so much for coming out yesterday. We appreciate having you. Appreciate you being there. Thanks. Bye. Absolutely. Have a good Sunday. All right, yeah, no, uh this this charter school thing is gonna heat up in a different way. They kinda tried this before uh and it didn't go anywhere. I think I wanna say that was last election. Uh, but now, yeah, these charter schools are just getting together and they're going to go to the state house and they want um, no matter where the charter school is. She's absolutely right. You know, we kind of think, oh, it's just IPS doing another IPS thing that just affects them. Uh, this this latest ask, it doesn't matter if you're in Muncie, Noblesville, Greenwood, Brownsburg, Michigan City, Evansville, Terre Haute. Uh, these charter schools are, are saying that, hey, if we open up shop, however we get it uh, in your school district. We should get some of the tax dollars that are coming from this area. So if I decide I want to open up a charter school um, in Wayne Township, uh, those folks are saying some of that money that you're sending to Ben Davis and all these other Wayne Township schools, we want some of that, too. And so that is now why what she's talking about, it happened in Pike Township and the uh, parents and community in Pike said, uh, no, thank you. But this is only the beginning. So Nyla is absolutely right. That's one uh, that we have to watch for ahead of the May primary. Um, that's where a lot of this is going to start. We're going to get a little preview. Um, but as we get into the next election cycle, got to pay attention because a lot is um, happening. So with that said, that is going to do it for this edition of Open Lines with Cameron Myrtle. If you missed any portion of this show or any previous show, they are all online. We have a podcast anywhere it is that you listen to podcasts. Just search Open Lines with Cameron Riddle and you can see all of the shows that pretty much we've ever done. Uh, and you can hear yourself or your cousin or whoever. Um, as always, we appreciate you listening. Um, we will be back same time, same station next Sunday, live at 8. And I will see you tomorrow morning on Fox 59 Morning News starting at 4 a.m. And then at 5 a.m., I'll see you on CBS 4. Have a great Sunday. Goodbye.